This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by a wonderful CEO and leader. We're joined by Michelle Nierman. Michelle's the CEO of one of the Unity Point hospitals, one of their flagship hospitals. Michelle, can you take a moment and tell us a bit about yourself and Unity Point, and then we'll talk about COVID, vaccines, competition, and, and, and what else you're focused on today. But Michelle, take a moment to introduce yourself. Sure. Thanks, Scott. I'm glad for the opportunity to be back with you here. So I am the president and CEO of the Unity Point Health Cedar Rapids region. So Unity Point Health as a system these days covers three states and, and nine regions. Um, we're here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Um, St. Luke's Hospital is uh, the largest part of our continuum of services here, but we have clinics, long-term care, mental health care, we have a critical access hospital. So a, a number of parts um, to the continuum of services that we offer our community. I've uh, been here for the entirety of my professional career, actually came to Iowa originally to earn my MHA at the University of Iowa, started here essentially as an intern and have been ever since. So it's been a great place to grow a career. Thank you. And tell us a little bit about what you're seeing currently with COVID-19 in your region and with vaccines, vaccine hesitancy, What's the state of the situation in your area? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we spent um, much of the late spring and summer kind of in single digits from an inpatient COVID census perspective uh, here at St. Luke's. Um, so it kind of became part of, uh, you know, our, our daily work um, at, a, at a much lower level than, of course, we had seen um, through some prior periods of time, you know, dating back, obviously, to when all of this started for all of us in the spring of 2020. Um, but in uh, early August, we really saw a very uh, rapid um, increase uh, in our inpatient COVID census going from, uh, you know, those single digits into um, the middle 30s, uh, which was not for us as high as we had seen, you know, back in that uh, November timeframe by any stretch, um, but really uh, you know, kind of surprised us a little bit in some ways. I mean, obviously, uh, with uh, not as much vaccine uptake and with the Delta variant that was happening all over the country, but the but the speed by which it occurred, um, you know, kind of uh, did, uh, you know, kind of hit us about the same time we were seeing, you know, some of that impact of, you know, what's known as that great resignation, which we can talk a little bit more about. So those things very much collided. What's been interesting about this peak is while most of what we've seen has been, you know, a rapid up and then a rapid down, we haven't really seen as much of the rapid down. We're just kind of plateauing um, with a, a higher COVID census than we had seen, you know, really in quite some time. It just does not, you know, seem to seem to go away. Um, and, and what we're seeing in Iowa and I think what we're seeing, you know, in the Midwest and many parts of the country is that those those, uh, you know, those new cases per 100,000 are coming down. Um, as a rate a little faster in urban areas now than they are in rural areas, which, um, you know, uh, likely, you know, relates to some of the differences in vaccination rates, you know, across, um, in some cases, urban and rural communities. Um, very busy, uh, just overall, again, like anywhere else in the country. Um, so it's not only that COVID census, but, uh, you know, just uh, medical and, and surgical patients of all kinds, um, some of which may relate to kind of a deferral of, of care that people, you know, kind of experienced uh, over the course of 2020 and into the first part of 2021. So definitely a strain. Um, we do have a vaccine requirement as Unity Point Health for our team members. Um, the, uh, uh, the date for that uh, compliance with that requirement is um, November 1st. 
Um, we are coming along well as the system and, and uh, specifically here in Cedar Rapids. Um, I think we will, we will see some departures um, from our system, um, but in, in fairly low numbers. So uh, we're glad about that. We continue to see vaccine rates in the community sort of inch their way up, um, you know, literally kind of inch by inch. Uh, week over week, um, you know, I think uh, mostly as as people, you know, kind of see uh, others continuing to get COVID and to understand that, you know, definitely, uh, you know, uh, the risk of hospitalization and death are much, much more, obviously, um, for folks who are unvaccinated. I think that's what's slowly driving that uptick, uh, you know, uh, uh, that we're seeing at this point in time. Let me ask you this question. Most systems in the country are dealing very fully in some regard or another with both COVID-19 patients trying to get people vaccinated, plus this mix of seeing lots of patients that had put off care and sometimes preventive care that might have presented itself with a cancer earlier stage and other kinds of things. So largely mm -hmm. health systems and hospitals are very, very busy. They've got this resignation going on, not, not particularly your place, but at other places throughout the country, right. where in every profession, quite frankly, Every job, it, people are having a hard time filling jobs. Talk a little bit about competition in this context. When you look at competition in this context, does it feel just daunting to even think about competition when you're working so hard just to provide care to everybody, make sure that goes well? How do you keep a focus, some thoughts around competition and getting better and being strategic in a period of time when, when things seem so disrupted? Yeah, it's it's tough right now to be sure. You know, I I can't you know hardly tell you how much time you know our senior leadership team here uh, in our region, and I know it's true for my regional colleagues across our system, how much time we spend every day. You know, just trying to try to stay on top of uh, the activity and uh, making sure we have the staffing we need and trying to support our staff um, in dealing um, you know with what's right in front of us. So it does make it really hard to continue to to drive um, quality improvement, uh, let alone to kind of think about, uh, you know, strategy and, and what you need to do to be, uh, you know, thinking about uh, where you're going to be in a year, 18 months or five years from now. But I will tell you, it does seem like, you know, kind of in our, our little part of the world here in, in eastern Iowa, I mean, we're seeing a lot of movement, you know, by uh, different healthcare uh, organizations, you know, folks, uh, you know, thinking about who their partners are going to be, um, thinking about investments, and you know, sometimes some pretty, pretty sizable, uh, you know, uh, new facilities uh, offering some, you know, some really um, interesting, uh, you know, mixes of service and, and so forth. So, you know, folks aren't standing still. You know, we're not. We're not standing still either, um, but yeah, it is it is a little hard sometimes to uh, you know uh, balance uh, you know demands in the day to day that are um, significant and maybe significantly different you know in a lot of ways than what uh, we were accustomed to way back when sort of pre pandemic. Um, but yeah, definitely you can you can sort of um, see and feel uh, you know uh, folks thinking about um, what it is uh, that you need to do to position yourself you know effectively. Um, to meet the needs of our patients and our communities and, and you know, in some cases to be more competitive, um, you know, in the future as well. So definitely a balance. And when you look at a system like Unity Point, which is, I think, the largest system in Iowa by a significant degree, how does it look at competition? Does it look at competition in the local markets? Does it look at competition from the outsiders like the, you know, the telehealth firms, you know, or the CVSs, the Walmarts, the Walgreens, or some of all of the above? 
I mean, how do you yeah, think would, about competition? I would really say it's all of the above, you know, and we, uh, as a, a system, have a, a, a new system-level CEO. So Clay Holderman um, joined Unity Point Health from um, Presbyterian in New Mexico um, in February of this year. So, you know, actually, when I, you know, think about some of the things I'm excited about, you know, working with Clay and his new team and, and some of um, the work we're doing around strategy as a system is, uh, you know, it's definitely on that list. But, you know, to answer your question, it, it is all of the above. I mean, we um, we uh, we serve people in our regions, in our communities. So you definitely have to look at uh, what you need to be to be on the top of your game in, in terms of meeting the needs that people have today and the, the needs that you anticipate they'll have um, tomorrow. And that includes, you know, thinking about how you deliver those services and how, you know, others uh, might uh, elect uh, to deliver them. You know, we're not for the most part in Unity Point Health in, in large population centers. So we don't always see quite some of the same things of the, you know, the CVSs and the Walgreens. You don't, you don't see them maybe in some of our, you know, smaller or mid-sized markets, maybe taking on some of the things they might do in the larger urban communities. But certainly, you know, people are uh, uh, increasingly interested in, you know, convenience. Of course, they are increasingly people are interested in what can be delivered to them through virtual means, whether it's, you know, by Unity Point Health or whether it's by someone that does that at a, at a national scale. So it, it's really both. It's about, you know, what are you what are you going to deliver out of, uh, you know, sort of your traditional physical assets um, in your community? Because there will always be a need for those things. And where can you use, um, you know, new technology? new, uh, you know, approaches to, you know, the digital uh, delivery of, of care and increased personalization. So uh, some of both, um, to be sure. Thank you. And, and, and take one moment, Don. It, it's sort of we're coming towards the end of 2021 and what a daunting year and last year was. Yeah. What are you most right. focused on and excited about as you get going into 2021, 2022? What excites you the most? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things. I mean, I think we remain hopeful, you know, that we'll make our way kind of through this uh, this most recent sort of long lasting uh, wave um, that the continued uh, inching up of vaccination rates and, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, kind of that continued, uh, you know, spread of, of COVID, uh, those things combined will eventually, you know, kind of get us over the hump here and, and we won't, uh, you know, see quite so many spikes, uh, you know, in the future. So certainly try to remain optimistic, you know, around all of that. Um, you know, I think again, and in our case, uh, with new uh, leadership at a system level, um, we're, we're very uh, excited about, you know, kind of uh, taking that uh, deep dive um, revisit of uh, our performance as a system. What about it is good and what about it um, can be better um, in support, you know, to those um, that we serve. Um, you know, what does that uh, what does that strategic plan look like and, and how can we, you know, start to, to make good forward progress on that. Um, you know, one of the things, you know, that is so challenging, we've talked about it a little bit here today, but uh, is workforce, as, as we talked about, um, it's very competitive, uh, you know, market uh, uh, for healthcare team members and, and for uh, team members of any type across any industry right now. But I'm, I'm excited about some of the things that we're talking about in our region um, and some of the things we're talking about in our system um, to you know, maybe attract, um, you know, people of uh, different, more diverse backgrounds um, to our workforce uh, and to 
support them and, and some of the team members we already have uh, on our teams and growing. You know, it, it excites me to think, um, you know, about the, the potential for, uh, you know, drawing people into healthcare and, and helping them um, stay. You know, we talk about um, being a place you know, where our team members want to have their career, you know, and we're not, uh, you know, naive enough to think that when someone comes in here for their very first job, that's the job they're going to have, uh, you know, for a lot of years. But there's a lot of opportunity in healthcare. There's a lot of t- opportunity to move laterally. There's a lot of opportunity to grow a career. There's tremendous flexibility. There's tremendous support for education. So really thinking about some creative approaches um, to workforce development um, that are good for us um, as organizations, good for our patients, but are good for our team members too. It's probably one of the things I'm most excited about as we you know, start to turn into 2022. Well, and you're a pretty good role model for taking a career at one place and and turning it into a multi-layered and growth-oriented career. I mean, and and finding different ways to improve oneself, different ways to engage with the system and become a leader. I mean, it's really a remarkable career. Thank you. Michelle, it's always a pleasure to visit with you. I'm so thankful you're taking the time with us today on the Becker Healthcare Podcast. Oh, let's hope those COVID numbers drop a little bit more quickly. And and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.